are now tuned in to the Free Play Media Podcast Network. Hello, Marks. Here we are, week three of Banned from Ringside. Uh, I am your host, Bill Vagey, uh, a.k.a. The Fundertaker, and sitting to my right is old Two Beer Zach. How you doing, Zach? Pretty good. Uh, more six-pack Zach tonight, but Two Beer's good. Six-pack and uh, maybe a shot of Fireball or something like that? Did you have anything else it's before six, we started? It's a six-and-one. Oh, that's fine. So s- seven? Six-pack? Six-pack? Sure. And to his right is Jason Cornelius Bell. How you doing, JCB? What's going on? <laughs> it's everything's gravy, baby. What's up with you? Not much. Uh, we had a big week of wrestling. A big weekend of wrestling, I should say. Uh, and I think that we should probably get to it. I should, uh, I should preface it with saying that I was out of town all week. Or all weekend, I was in New York, and I didn't get a chance to watch any of it live, so I saw all the results, and I saw all the text messages coming from my band from Ringside Friends. I'm on a text message thread <laughs> with JCB and Two Beer and our friend Tinder Mahal, who is uh, on his way out of town tonight for a couple big Tinder dates. I think he's going to the East Coast, and I think he's flying back to the West Coast uh, because of the time difference, and I think he's going to hit up a bunch of different places, uh, so... We, I don't think we're going to hear from Tinder Mahal tonight, but never say never. But he might be a little busy. He might be a little busy uh, with the ladies, but we were. Uh, I was out of town with my wife this weekend. We were in New York. Um, one of the funny things is the first time I was ever in New York, I thought it was funny that I never saw anybody from Saturday Night Live because I thought that when you went to New York, all you did was walk around and see people from Saturday Night Live all the time, and they kind of posed, and they were laughing and having drinks with friends. Wait, that's not how it is? Well, here's the thing. I didn't see anybody from Saturday Night Live the first time. And then this weekend, I actually did see somebody from Saturday Night Live in Manhattan. It was Kyle Mooney. Uh, I told him I had a wrestling podcast. He didn't seem that impressed. It was weird. I told him to introduce <laughs> How me. How dare he? I know. I told him to introduce me to Lorne. It didn't happen. Um, but I was getting the text messages from you guys. You guys were having a good time watching it. Uh, you know, Zach over in Illinois and Jason and Tinder over in Missouri. It seemed like everybody was enjoying it. So I oh, think... Yeah. I think we should probably jump right into it. Lots um, to talk about, for sure. So we're going to get right into our three count. Three count? Two Beer, what's the biggest story of the weekend? It has to be Jinder Mahal. Has to be. Yeah, and what happened with Jinder Mahal this weekend? Jinder Mahal took the WWE Championship from Randy Orton. Ooh. Those are words that if you said it... I don't know, five weeks ago? I'd say five weeks is the threshold. Would sound from completely... From 3MB. From 3MB. To, to world heavyweight champion. World heavyweight champion. It sounds completely unbelievable that Jinder Mahal won it. Also, his merch just hit the WWE store today. Is that true? That's a true story, yeah. Dude, does all the merch say the Maharaja on it? All of it, as in the one t-shirt that hit... Does say the Maharaja. Is that true? He only has one t-shirt? One t-shirt. Come on. What we just say? Five weeks ago, he was a... It actually... Not an afterthought. Do you think Kurt Hawkins has merch? I'm going to (laughs) say yes. I'm going to say yes. Because gender was Kurt Hawkins five weeks ago. Sure. So they basically... I don't know if the word is hot-shotted, but they... Hot shot at gender right into now, now. There were right into the title picture. There were uh kind of teases for it. He was the last man standing in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal at WrestleMania. Okay, 
He took a bump from Gronkowski during that match. He lost to Mojo Rawley. Mojo Rawley's a guy that we haven't seen Pretty since much Jinder since. Mahal got his push. He was talking to some kids the other night, but that's about it. Yeah. I think he was, uh, him and Gronkowski were on some video with, with some, I don't know, olive oil. No, that was like a Waka Flocka, Waka Flocka Flame video or something, right? No, this just happened within the last 24 hours. Oh. At least him. this video just came out. Mojo Raleigh probably hours. has a lot of fun. I'm not worried about Mojo Raleigh having fun. Yeah. Anyway, back to gender. So gender gets hot shotted up to the title, or up to the title picture at least, and they made him look dominant going in, which is the way they usually make guys look when they're going to lose in the pay-per-view, especially in the go-home show before a pay-per-view. He got over on Randy. It was him and the Singh brothers standing tall over Randy Orton, which makes it look like, well, this was a fun little thing. Putting gender against Randy was a fun little thing that they were going to do for a month just to get to the next pay-per-view. Well, no, no that's not what they did. Don't forget, we know the business interest in uh, in India has a lot to do with this. I think that's a, I think that's a big point, and I, I want to get to that in just a second. But going through the match, uh, I just because I was out of town, I didn't get a chance to watch the match until uh, tonight. Actually, I saw what happened. I was receiving all the text messages. I was at a very nice restaurant in New York uh, with friends of my wife, and I was uh, checking Twitter to make sure <laughs> that I knew that gender uh, wasn't going to win just to reassure me that my prediction would have been correct turns out my prediction was wrong gender goes over the crowd seemed split during the match yeah, um, i think that's a fair say yeah they were pro uh i would say it's the old uh john cena adage that if you can grow facial hair you don't root for john cena the let's go gender gender sucks the let's go gender uh, part of that chant definitely had a lower uh, register to it, which think, makes me think it was the Smarks yelling it. Sure, and I think that's a positive in regards to his championship run. He's bringing tons of heat, nuclear heat. And I mean, I think just the fact that he took it, I mean, it's making things interesting. It's definitely more interesting than the Randy Orton flat-ass title reign. Without question. That's definitely way better, I think, for the business and uh, for me personally, which is the most important thing. We just said it last week. I I have no problem with introducing new guys, but now Jinder has the ball. You're the man. Let's see what you do with it. The cool thing is is I think that Jinder, now that he has to face top-level talent every house show and... You know, seemingly for the next you know couple television shows and maybe the next couple pay per views, I really think that he has a chance to really develop his talent in the ring and take advantage of facing these top level stars and being in the spotlight. So one hundred percent, yeah, I think it's going to be good. I think the match itself was kind of boring. I mean, the only thing that made it not boring was that it was Ginger Mahal versus Randy Orton in the title match, but and Orton killing the Singh brothers oh. on the table like. He was a, a literal, like, oops. Yeah, like an emo- he was like a little oops emoji. Yeah, so if you haven't seen it, uh, there was a point where they, uh, Randy put one of the Singh brothers, I don't know their first names, I, I, it's probably like... They all look the same Bob, at this point. Bob and Jim. But, like, uh, he probably threw, uh, he threw Bob, Bob Singh uh, through one table and... Kind of did the same thing no, with the second one, but he close. landed a little bit rougher. And he it, landed on his head. Okay? He landed on his head. <laughs> yeah. Even my wife, one and a half hours ago, watching it with me, said, "Oh, oh my god, <laughs> is he okay?" I was like, "I don't know." <laughs> 
But uh, the look on Randy's face when he broke kayfabe for those three seconds was priceless. <sighs> yes. It really made for a pretty good gift. I want he, that to be my new Tinder uh, profile picture. Randy, like... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We got some breaking news here. Do you have a Tinder? I'm sorry. I said Tinder. I'm at the, uh, Twitter. I apologize. Oh, I yeah. that was a Freudian <laughs> slip. Yeah, I would never step on a Tinder Mahal's shoes by any stretch well, of Well, he doesn't own Tinder. You, you're allowed to have Tinder, Jason. No, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. So... <laughs> Uh, the match itself was kind of boring, but I think to Two Beer's point is that if gender's in there against somebody who's a little less methodical, a little less, should we say, boring, Norton, that the match might be a little bit more uh, exciting. But they both kind of wrestle like boring heels. I mean, if you're wrestling the heel style, putting the baby face in a headlock and holding them there for, you know, 30 seconds, that's normal. But, I mean, Orton does the same goddamn thing. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, it was kind of heel-on-heel wrestling, and that's why uh, we had the bed going on, how long this match was going. So, last, we had set the over-under at 14.5 minutes. And then what did it come down to? It Probably like, something pretty close to it that. It was 18 after the whole Randy Orton beats up the So, you started brothers. it from the bell, because no, Orton attacked tax, gender. Right. Before the bell. Yeah, we, we didn't In even true start true baby face fashion. Of course. <laughs> you know, that's exactly what the baby face always does is yeah. attack the heel yeah, right jump, before the bell rings. Jump guys Naturally. when they're not looking. <sighs> Orton. Okay, so getting back to what Jason said earlier is that I think what this comes down to, and while it might be fun for smarks like us in America or in anywhere but India, basically, it's interesting for us because it's new blood in the title picture and gender is definitely new blood. It's the land of opportunity, baby. But I think ultimately it's a business decision because they're trying to appeal to 1.3 billion people in India. Apparently WWE is huge in India and they want to make a big star so much so that I think that the promo that gender cut on backlash, uh, I think it was right before the, I don't know, it was before the Sami Zayn-Baron Corbin match or something like that. Top of the second hour, I think. He cut a promo that could have been seen as a babyface promo in India. And really, it almost seemed like a babyface promo in America because he said things that nobody really believes are true. He said, you people don't want me to be champion because of the way I look. You people don't want me to be champion because of the way that I speak, when really he just talks like a Canadian. And he said... uh, he goes, I'm going to take those negatives and I'm going to spin it into something positive and become the WWE champion, which sounds like a babyface promo. Like, if they weren't playing off the xenophobia off of it, and if he didn't have two minions that, yeah, that did all of his bidding for him. But what do you guys think about that? What do you guys think about the idea of the WWE Branching off in the, into India and making a champion because of that. What do you think about that, Tubir? I think in a lot of it in terms of, remember Bret Hart's title reign right before he hit WCW? I do. So he was a face in Canada and he was a heel in the United States. Mm-hmm. And I can see almost an homage to that where gender is a face everywhere else except America uh, because we have no seeming limit to our xenophobia uh, here in the United States, just generally speaking. amongst wrestling fans. Especially amongst wrestling fans. That's been a a 
a, a trope for a very long time, though. So. Sure. I think if you went to South Grand, though, like people might have a different idea of it. But yes. Sure. <laughs> Amongst wrestling fans, there is no shortage of xenophobia. No. And so that can work. I think it's great. I think him being the face in India with those 1.3 billion people and even taking a slight domestic hit because looking at the ratings for Raw and SmackDown, we're pretty low uh, right now. SmackDown, actually, not as bad as Raw. Raw was terrible. It was the worst non-NFL Monday in 20 years. Really? Mm. For Raw ratings. I did not know that. I knew it was under 2 point whatever million. Sure. I didn't know it was that bad. It it was bad enough for Meltzer to comment on it. I saw it on Squared Circle uh, earlier today. So, yeah, and, you know, you take a domestic hit, but... You know, if you're going to gain something and, you know, spice it up a little bit. Lose the battle, win the war. Yeah. Yeah. Jason Bell, what do you think about that? Here's my only problem with this is we're talking about India. And India is not necessarily a very, what's the word I'm looking for, prosperous country. Okay. I get the the sheer numbers. 1.2 billion. 1.2 billion. I get that. But it's not like we are going into a Saudi Arabia. You know what I'm saying? It's just different. I don't think they'd be able to watch wrestling in Saudi Arabia. I really don't. You get what I'm saying, though. They Mom, might. They might cut out Alexa Bliss. I'll get you better not. Not should be the one reason for me to never move to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, <laughs> amongst others. But no, no, seriously, for thirty seconds. That's my biggest takeaway from this: is that India isn't like that country that is rich in resources. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, no disrespect, there's a lot of poor people in India. If we're going for sheer numbers, then yeah, it makes sense. But Vince is a businessman. A business has to work. He has shareholders to account to. So at some point, the money has to be there. Otherwise, then why do this? They wouldn't have done it. Right. So like I said, ultimately- I don't know how much the network costs in India. What, what's ten dollars in the what, rupee, rupees? Rupees, I guess. I don't know. Rupees. Okay. Rupees. Yeah, ru- rupees. Okay. Well, then we need to figure that out first. And then I only know out Zelda. The God, damn it! We didn't do our research on what the exchange rate Wait, in between dollars. I'm sorry. I was watching too much uh, NXT the last couple of days. So I apologize. All I know is every Zelda game I play, I always have full rupees in my wallet every mm. time. Is it, is is Zelda Indian? All right, we've taken a huge tangential leap. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Okay, I think we can skip ahead. Uh, I think that uh, the next biggest story, our two count, would be, I think, the DIY breakup. Oh, I yeah. think the ladder match and the DIY breakup. Um, if you haven't watched NXT TakeOver, uh, I think that I speak for all of my band from Ringside Brethren when I say uh, you should watch NXT TakeOver from Chicago from Saturday night because it was probably the best pay-per-view that WWE's put on in six months, I'd say. Oh, yeah. At least 2017. I actually got a sinking feeling in my stomach as soon as you said it. I mean, I was watching live and I worked myself into a shoot. I had tears in my eyes. Like, that was the best storytelling I've seen out of any WWE in a very, very long time. Even though, knowing full-on it's 100% work, they did it so well. Just like the Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, they put the little infographic on the corner. Ah, oh, yeah, that was good. Making, that was a you nice think touch. That, making you think that the pay-per-view's over. 
and then you don't really notice it except on the rewatch where uh, Tommaso Ciampa says, this is supposed to be our moment, but it's my moment, and he throws him into the... I totally missed that. Yeah, he he kind of whispers it in his ear, and they're so effectual. I mean, you can imagine those guys living in like a two bedroom apartment somewhere with like one bathroom, and like <laughs> I just it, it, it's such an intimate be a tag weird team. ride home. Yeah, they've always been booked as something very special in NXT. Even without, they don't need a tag title to be special, and their intimacy, uh, their match at the Cruiserweight Classic was one of the best matches of all of them and that was yeah. a first round match yeah, yeah absolutely and i mean i have never been so worked since i got back into wrestling uh, a few years ago i i mean i'm getting goosebumps just talking about it i was so upset and i think you realize that when you're watching it live and the crowd starts chanting or starts chanting fuck you champa mm-hmm. i mean the crowd got worked oh yeah so yeah, you could see the crowd get worked. Did anybody here, was anybody here tipped off by it? Because I heard yeah. afterwards that there was a, that somebody was creating Ciampa's new song and they tweeted it and it was up for an hour before they took it back and oh, everybody okay. knew that okay. it was, and Ooh. so all the super, super duper marks, not like us, not like cool guys like us, but yeah, like right. every, all the other, all the other super nerds. People with they, things to do. Yeah, they knew that, they knew that it was coming. Did you know it was coming, Jason? I didn't know it was coming, uh, but I did see the Facebook spoiler after work, so I knew the turn was coming. And even though I knew it was coming, I really didn't see it coming because I was like, okay, it's getting ready to happen, and the ring is getting ready to happen, they're walking up the ramp, okay, you know, huge applause, huge crowd. I mean, the crowd... They played it right because they did it the right way. It was the slow burn in the ring, you know. It really and, was. And then, you know, big, huge applause. You know, they're chanting DIY, DIY, up the ramp, DIY, DIY. And at the very end, I saw the graphic come up, and I'm like, okay, so when is this going to happen? And I didn't have that word out of my mouth 30 seconds into the Titan and it was on. Well, you know what's uh, you know what's interesting about it, and if you've been to a WWE live event, which I, uh, all of us have, there are things that happen after the show go off the air that they're still happening to the audience, and right. the audience is still there taking it all in. The audience, I just kind of assume that stuff is off the air. I'm sure a lot of those people, when DIY sat in the ring and kind of took it all in, they weren't watching the clock. They didn't know when they're... They didn't know how long, how much time the pay per view had left. They probably just thought they were just cheering for DIY after the show had already ended. Good thing about having the network now—you're not constrained to a three-hour block. You can go three fifteen. You can go two forty-five. Yeah, and that's the great thing about those NXT takeovers is that they never overstay their welcome. They're yeah. very tight. I actually think, and we'll get back to this later. I think that Rude and a, and um, Atami, Atami, I think they kind of got hosed by going after uh Don and Bate cuz I think Don and Bate kind of wore the crowd out. But before we Actually, get into that They didn't go after women's went after. No, I know, but just going after in general. Oh, okay. I think the crowd had two matches before they got to the ladder match enough time to work themselves back up. Right. But um before I just don't want the DIY turn to kind of overshadow how great that ladder match was. Because as far as ladder matches, ladder matches are a little gimmicky, no matter what, and they always uh, they always require a little bit more suspension of disbelief because they always get to the top of the ladder and then they can't pull it down and they have a hard time with it. But man, there were some crazy spots. 
Yeah. And it didn't just seem like a spot fest either. No, no. It, it was a legit wrestling match. It just so happened that there was ladders in the ring. and Yeah, and Gargano almost killed himself. <laughs> Jumping up when they did that double spot off the ladder. Absolutely. And it was definitely Authors of Pain's greatest match that I've seen. Definitely their greatest match in NXT. Oh, easily. But even throughout throughout the match, there was fantastic storytelling, not just after the match. I mean, Gargano pushed Ciampa out of the way to take the most brutal ladder shot to the face that I've seen. (laughs) I mean, it was to the point where even the heel commentator was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I was going to say, it was almost like he tried to uppercut his chin off of his neck. It was ridiculous. I mean, absolutely. I I watched that spot probably four times, and I was like, how do you not break your jaw? How do you not break your jaw or get a concussion or something? I don't know. Maybe they do concussions. I don't know. It was a crazy spot. Uh, Ellering taking the super kick. I loved it. (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. I think Authors of Pain have shown that if they have the right guys to work with, they can work pretty good matches. But That's their have, best match, though. I agree with oh, you. Oh, yeah, man. hands down. It's, it's easily their best match. But going forward, the tag team division is kind of now getting back to square one again because we lost the revival. Now DIYs broke up. American Alpha's gone. I mean, now it's basically AOP and heavy machinery. I, I guess that's going to be the... I guess that's Maybe sanity. Maybe. But that you know that's heel on heel and... You know, we don't do that sort of thing, even though yeah. it, it would probably make sense. But, you know, another story for another time. Um, ultimately, we're going to have to figure out what's what's next after heavy machinery, because that's the the logical next opponent. See, but do you ever worry about NXT? I don't worry about NXT. I worry I about also them. don't watch them every week. But like even this week, I watched NXT after the NXT takeover and they didn't have any of those people on it. Nobody was on it. The yeah. guys that didn't wrestle. I really think on Saturday that wrestled on Wednesday. Right. Yeah, and they're going to keep I mean Rude's coming back next week. They're going to keep Johnny Wrestling off for uh, a few weeks. I think they're going to build that hype and it's going to be this amazing pure babyface versus hateful heel because uh, Johnny Gargano, I mean, just whenever he was being attacked by Tommaso. He was almost reaching out to his partner. Oh, yeah. It was so good the way that he was kind of like punch drunk. Yeah, he's like, he I'm being like, attacked, Chump, you know, Champa, like, please help me. Yeah, he was, and he doesn't even realize that it's him that's attacking him. And what I see is they keep him off for a few weeks. You know, you expect him to come back with some fire. I really think he's going to come back and be the pure baby face and refuse to, I mean, he'll wrestle him, but he's going to refuse to do any cheap shots. And they are going to, they are going to headline Brooklyn three. Um, it doesn't matter whoever Bobby Roode faces in the championship, whoever Asuka faces, uh, they are going to headline. No, you don't need a, you don't need a belt on the story like that because that story is so well told. Yeah. It was fantastic. Man. And even what I sent you guys today, that picture of Ciampa sitting on the table, watching yeah. everybody take care of Gargano. It's almost like he was even sad that he had to do it. Yeah. But and to your was, point, I know that seeing guys post online, he was that way for, 10, 15, 20 minutes after the pay-per-view had ended. True sell, kayfabe. Sell, True kayfabe. Sell. True kayfabe. Love it. Um, I would say, Jason, what's our th- our third of the three counts? If I'm not mistaken, we said that it was going to be oh, just NXT takeover in general? Uh, I think it was going to be Tyler Bate versus... Okay, there you go. ...Done, which... I- what everybody is saying is an early match of the year contender. What did you think of that match, J Bell? I hate to be that guy. It was great. Don't get me wrong. It 
I will watch that match four or five times in a row. But it's just too early. We, I mean, it, it was a great match. It was a great match. Wait, I just what's too early? It's what May June. I mean, come too on. Too early in their story, or two years? Too early to be anointing this as match of the year. I said match of the year uh, contender. Okay, well then that's fine. I mean. Let's see how it all plays itself out. Please, I hope to God there's five matches better than Tyler Bate versus uh, Dunn. You, you or me both. Is it Peter Dunn? Yeah, Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn, yeah. I hope there's five matches better. And there's two not of them going to be having AJ Styles with them. There's okay? not going to be in WWE, but... Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a Ring of Honor couple, maybe a Right, New and Japan. that's what I'm saying. Kenny if you, Omega still has to do something. Exactly. If you want to just keep it into the WWE parameter, okay, Fine, I'm I'm willing to concede that. Now, if you're just saying in pro wrestling, I think we need to at least pump the brakes and let's see how the rest of the calendar year unfolds. Great match, probably the best WWE NXT match we'll see all year. I'll go that far but until their rematch at Brooklyn Three. We'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. That was the best WWE match since. I don't know. I guess uh, Styles Cena, Cena SummerSlam. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably. say Styles Cena, and if you want to go NXT, I'd say best since Nakamura Zayn. That far back. That was. I think that was the same weekend, actually. I think that was. Uh, right. We'll have our stack guy check it out. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> going back to Tyler and Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn, um, what really got me off about that match is that it was the perfect mix. It didn't seem like a spot fest. It didn't seem like those. It didn't seem like Ricochet jumping around doing that shit in New Japan or whatever he does, which I, I like. I enjoy, but it's not my favorite type of wrestling. My favorite type of wrestling is the Dunn Bait match, where it was the perfect mix of choreography and dudes that flat out acted like they didn't like each other. Yeah, for sure. And it was a it was a well told story. It was. Um, it seemed organic. Like when they started punching each other, it didn't seem that choreographed. It looked like they were both just punching each other. There was tons of spots in that match that were just fucking fantastic. That was the, a great the, match. The triangle, uh, what was it? The triangle uh, choke hold after he kind of flipped off the ropes and he opened his legs oh, yeah. up and he fell right into that his legs. That was the best spot. The, yeah. That I was the so. best spot. I thought so. I thought that was absolutely Because he was laying to his side and when he jumped off, he switched around and then put, put him put straight into the, the triangle. triangle. That was sweet. <laughs> Oh, my favorite, so sweet. my favorite part about that match was um, the fact that neither one of them looked weak. It was my favorite kind of match where both of them just go so hard, and the ending was purely incidental. Uh, Tyler Bates took a little bit extra of a risk, you know, tried the dive outside. Pete Dunn was on top of it, just a little bit ahead of him. Came in with a very protected finisher. One finisher and it's done. You know, there was no kickouts um, after finishers, which is kind of, you know, some weak, you know, kind of booking. I think we see that way too much where you have multiple finishers being kicked out of. I think that should be reserved for very special occasions. Uh, Both of them looked incredibly strong. I like Tyler Bates a lot. Um, I think it was honestly booked looking at it. It looked like a Gryffindor versus Slytherin match. I mean, Pete Dunn looks. What does that mean? So for those of you guys who aren't full-on Harry Potter nerds like I am. No idea. <laughs> you have um, basically your typical face versus heels, if I'm catering to my uh, fan base here. So we're going uh, Pete Dunn being the very punchable face, good-looking but horribly ugly dude. Um, the fact that he comes out with his 
beltless teeth. That's the coolest goddamn thing I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I like that a lot, too. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's, just, it's just, you don't see it a lot. And then you have the antithesis of him, Tyler Bate, coming out doing the queen wave with his palm cupped. Uh, I mean, I, I just think every little bit of that was fantastic, and they are true stars. I mean, 20 years old for Tyler Bate. That dude was 19 when he took that UK championship. Is he I mean, really 20? He's 20 fucking years old. Dude, look at him. I mean, I, I know he grows facial hair, but I mean, you can still look at him and tell he's pretty fucking young. Dunn's like 23. I mean, yeah. he's making me feel like, shit, they're both... You know, up and coming stars, baby. They're great. The only one that makes you feel like shit. Not the only one. I mean, all right. Hey, we're going to take a call right now. Uh, uh, Listener, uh, welcome to Band from Ringside. What's going on? (laughs) What's up, you fucking pussies? Oh, Jesus. Oh, Oh, my God. God damn it. Is this Kyle? Still doing this wrestling shit? Ah, it's Heel Heel Kyle. Kyle. What's going on, Heel Kyle? How you doing, man? Hey. Hey, you know this stuff's fake, right? Whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, no, whoa. Yeah, we know, but we still like it, Heel Kyle. Why Why are you calling up and making fun of us like this? I just want to see if this is real. Yeah, I mean, it's a real podcast about fake fighting. I mean, that's just the way we do it, Kyle. I don't know. Like, we don't come make fun of the stuff that you like. Why do you have to call and make fun of the stuff that we like? <laughs> God, you are dead. I mean, my wife's orgasms are fake, but I still fucking enjoy them. Okay, see, so do, why take things away from us because you're just unhappy in life? I mean, what's what's the problem? Have fun enjoying jerking each other off. All right, oh. thanks, Hill Kyle. Fuck off, man. See ya. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, Boy, that was Hill Kyle, man. Who let that Joker in the door? I thought it was just. I thought he was just calling in. Just. To, I mean, we were just taking a phone call. I didn't know there was going to be Hill Kyle. I swear, I hope we never hear from that dude again. Uh, getting back to NXT TakeOver, I thought that Rude and Tommy kind of uh, had a, uh, they kind of got a bum rap going after Dunbait and the women's, the women's uh, triple threat match was also spectacular. Yeah, it was really good. Really good. I, I don't think, uh, just my personal opinion, I don't think Bobby Rude and Tommy got a bad rap. I mean, you got to go after him at some point. I mean, you just got to make the best of what you have to work with. And I thought it was a solid match. It wasn't the best Bobby Roode match he's had since he's been in NXT, but it was solid for what it was. The Tommy just doesn't do it for me personally, but that's just me. Uh, I like a Tommy. I think that the NXT crowd was kind of treating the Tommy like a heel. Uh, a little bit. But Rude's the clear heel. Oh, I kind of yeah. like how Rude uh, picks on the old NXT and he's like, no, I'm bigger. This isn't like the old NXT. I'm big now. Yeah, I was going to say, the way he's kind of trying to take this brand on his shoulders and take it to new heights. It's a classic heel move. You know, you weren't anything before I got here. Now I'm here. You know, I'm good, good. You know, I'm dressed nice. Now I'm the champ. So, you know, everything revolves around me. So now we're going to, you know, prop this brand up to the next level. It's perfect heel mentality. And somebody was saying this to me the other day on Twitter and they were mad because Bobby Roode's still in NXT. And I'm just like, just pump the brakes. It's going to happen. We just got to figure out after you take guys going to the main roster. Well, where do they want him? On the main they roster? They want him in the, on the main roster. And I, and I was telling him, look, it's just going to happen. We just got to figure out what's the next move. Who's next in line? Is it going to be Roderick Strong, which I think probably is the, the odds on favorite. You know, they did the the, uh, the promo with him like two weeks ago with his pregnant wife. And he's married now and he's changing his life or whatever the case may be. You got Drew McIntyre. You got Aleister Black. So, I mean, there's guys that are on the horizon that are getting ready to get into this number one contender spot. Sure. And I don't think that NXT at this t- at this point, I don't think that NXT is really 
the minor leagues like it used to be. Like, I kind of, well, not I kind of, I think that it's a third brand. It's a third brand in the sense that you got legit guys on there, guys that have come from other promotions that are now wrestling under the WWE umbrella, even though it is NXT, but you still have enhancement talent. Well, let me ask you this, and I know the answer, so I'm like the, a good the, lawyer. The, the, I'm, I'm like Jack McCoy. Let me ask you this. Then I'll ask the question. And I'm serious. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be serious. With very furry eyebrows. Who's very furry eyebrows? Like Jack McCoy from Law & Order. I'm, you, I, don't you know, Order. I don't watch Law & Order. You don't watch Law & Order? No, I'm too busy watching wrestling. I'm, I'm trying to be, you know, good at my craft. You understand that Law & Order is a TV show, though? Oh, yeah, very much so. A very long-running TV show. Executive and, producer and your point Dick Wolf is... With several... Several different incarnations. Okay, so I'm assuming it's on like a Tuesday. You know who or Jack Monday. McCoy is, right? Yeah, I know who Jack McCoy is. Go ahead. What's his question? I forgot. See, there you go. Oh, so if you had to choose this week end, would you rather watch it before before you knew what was better or what was worse? Would you have chosen Backlash or Takeover? I'll take over easily, just for, for past reputation and and the fact that the Backlash card outside of really two matches, Nakamura. And uh, Dolph Ziggler and the curiosity with the the main event. And the, I'm sorry, KO and uh, AJ. I'm sorry, I should smack my own self. Those three matches were the only reason I won't even want to watch Backlash. Yeah, but I thought uh, the Backlash card was incredibly weak. I would have watched Takeover any day, especially because the Takeover seemed to be something special. And I would like to mention how upset I was about the Nakamura Ziggler match. I thought that was just booked horribly. What? Yeah, I, I I hated it. I agree. Oh, well, okay, okay, all right, okay. So we're just going to let Dolph Ziggler get served up to Nakamura in five, six minutes? Yes. No. Yes. Or let him go long, but not let not let Ziggler dominate 75% of the match. Yes. And then just be this, he's not very good with the heel. I know this is a podcast, but I'm pointing at Two Beard nodding. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes, he's right. Yes, I'm doing the Daniel I was Bryan. bummed out. I felt like it was like, Something from creative saying like, "Yeah, we know you're a big deal, but you're not a fucking big deal here." Two is, I can see why you would say that, but I thought this the way they booked the Sunday match, and th- and this is before we even knew who was going to be in Money in the Bank. It it make lets both guys look good, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. The fact that it was more going against Nakamura when he's supposed to be the headliner for Backlash. Okay, that's great, but I mean, is Nakamura just... He's not Brock Lesnar. Let's not treat him as Brock Lesnar. Hey, fellas, uh, we got another phone call here. Another phone call? Let's, let's give it a shot. Let's see who it is. It's exciting. Hey, welcome to Band from Ringside. You're on the air. Hi, this is Tinder Mahal. Oh, hey, Tinder Mahal. Oh, What's going on, Tinder? Tinder. <laughs> Where are you at tonight, Tinder. I, I did some exporting, and I am in the beautiful state of West Virginia today. Oh, oh what's the West Virginia tender like? It's uh, a little pale, kind of skinny. <laughs> mountainous? Bigger, uh, Is it mountainous? Yeah, a little mountainous. A little mountainous. Uh, All right, tender. A, a bigger rear than you would think. Anyway, anyway. Uh, we were just What's talking. Going on, guys? We were just. We already went through Jinder uh, Mahal. We went through DIY. We went through Bait and Dunn. But uh, right now we're talking about Nakamura versus Ziggler. And what were your thoughts on that match, Tinder? Get him, Tinder. Back me you up. You know, I think a lot of people's discrepancy on that match that I've been hearing lately is that um, Ziggler wasn't over enough with 
the people or the character to have a match like that with Nakamura. What I mean by that is it was a very even match. It was back and forth. You know, you didn't really know. It was, you know, you knew Nakamura was going to win, but there were a few times you were like, wow, they were going to win this match. Like, it was very, it was a very hard fight for Nakamura. It made Ziggler look very strong. So in that instance, I thought to myself, you know, what's next for Ziggler? Like, if he keeps losing, then what's the point in putting him against top talent having these great matches if he just keeps losing? So I thought it was a great match. Don't know if it did anything for Nakamura. Ziggler's not really that big of a stepping stone anymore. Uh, that, those are my thoughts on it. Okay, so uh, Two Beer and I were, uh, it sounds like you're more in the uh, JCB camp on this one, whereas Two Beer and I thought that Nakamura should have gone over stronger, that I would have preferred, and I won't speak for Two that's Beer the I, entire that's, time. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That I thought Nakamura should have gone over stronger. I would have preferred if, I mean, did they make it that long of a match because it was uh to protect Ziggler? Is that what you think, Jason? I won't say protect Ziggler, but kind of piggybacking on what Jay was saying. I mean, you tender. can't... Tinder. Sorry. <laughs> you can't have Dolph always looking soft. At some point, I mean, it's got to be like personal pride or however you want to book this. The bottom line is that it, you can, if you want to have enhancement talent for... Nakamura, then just do it. Bring out Joe Schmo from Chicago, Illinois. Let him get this big pop, and let Nakamura destroy that dude. But see, that's the biggest. Right, ar- that's the biggest Jay. argument against it, though, is that that now all of a sudden Nakamura has been normalized. Like he's no longer a special attraction. It took him 15 minutes to put away Ziggler. Now they can book. Whoa, them, whoa, they can, whoa, they can whoa, book whoa, themselves. Whoa. They can book themselves out of that. But I mean. He's got to he's got to go over stronger in his first match. Then put him against enhancement talent. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, That's what Ziggler is. He's okay to a, to a certain degree. He is, but I don't know too many enhancement talents that that's former WWE champions. Two beer. All right, Dave. Yeah, but who who would you compare Ziggler to right now? You were taking another wrestler in the world wrestling entertainment business. Who would you compare Ziggler to? Who's on? Where is Ziggler at right now? On just what ability to work a good match? No, take take another wrestler. JTG. Where? Oh, he's not even in the company. I, I put him on the Jericho That's, level. I mean, to, for oh, no, 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 no. yeah, for, for wrestling, though. for in the ring wrestling to sell. I'm talking about. I'm talking about character. Where he's out on the card, win losses. I mean, I'm sure Kurt Hawkins is a hell of a hand, too, but you don't see him win any matches. I'd say maybe Cesaro, because Cesaro has a huge amount of talent, and he doesn't go over in singles very often. He doesn't okay. have very good character development either, so I, I can kind of agree with that. Yeah. Are, are you with that answer, Tinder? I'm with. That is exactly what I was looking for. Oh, really? Yeah. So what's I got your, what you need, what's, what's your point, then? Oh, my point is, is, you know, I think people look at Dolph, you know, Three years ago, he's just made a event guy, and now he's kind of just a mid-card guy that puts other guys over. Right, but if, but but Shinsuke Nakamura is special and should be treated special. I mean, he's he's the type of guy that you're going to want to hopefully headline a WrestleMania someday in some sort of uh, some. I, I mean, in the in a big time match. 
And he's not going to get over on the mic, so he's got to get over on the ring. So he's already over with the 20% of wrestling fans that are over 30 with beards like me. The problem is, is not getting him over with me. The problem is with getting him over with the people from Franklin County. But that's never, you know, that's not going to happen. We, we talked about that in the very first portion of the, uh, the podcast. That's xenophobia. They, they can't relate to Nakamura. I'll tell you what, though, when you watch Nakamura wrestle, and I don't like the way I don't like the way that they've uh, the way they've scripted his promos. I don't like he finally took his mouth guard out, which is a that's a plus. But really, every time he wrestles, you can't take your eyes off him if you're into wrestling. For sure. He's a crazy wrestler. He does crazy stuff. He's uh, very enigmatic, for lack of a better term. I can call it that. So he's a special attraction. They've never had a Japanese babyface, unless you're talking about fucking Tajiri. No, I'm not even going to go there on that. Indeed. That was <laughs> Michinoku years ago. You, yeah. you know, I think if you think about it, maybe Ziggler was kind of a test for Vince. See, all right, I got this guy. He's new. I haven't seen really seen Russell that much. How can he go with Dolph Ziggler? Is he on Dolph Ziggler's level? I don't so, think, I don't think it, that's a bad point. Actually, yeah, I think that's, that's really I think that's true because I mean you saw that same thing happen with AJ even though he had a storied career he was doing jobs when he first entered to Jericho sure. yeah yeah to Jericho yeah I remember losing it when he lost to Jericho at uh, WrestleMania I was hot yeah I was mad too uh, I, thought, this I think was I was, the next, perfect. I think quick, I was next quick, to you uh, quick Jericho plug are you guys going to see Jericho performing on it at the Food Bar in beautiful Midtown St Louis when's that tonight. Tonight? tonight? Yeah, we're on Shit, our way there right yeah, now. I was about to say, Jericho's f- outside the studio <laughs> right now. <laughs> we're not letting him in. He doesn't have anything to say. Oh. No, I was about to say, he, he tried to save his, uh, his vocal cords for the night. He's All just right. going to plug his podcast. And- Can we move on to uh, yeah. the really important the really important match of Backlash, which was uh, Brizongo versus the Usos, <laughs> where <laughs> Tyler Breeze... If you didn't see it, Tyler Breeze started the match as wearing a bald cap um, and pushing around, the, pushing around the mop. <laughs> that was good. And then he switched, he switched costumes in the middle of the match uh, and dressed into an old lady carrying around a cane. So, uh, Jason Bell, what did you think about that match? The knee-jerk reaction, I like the way they kind of spilled over from the Fashion Files promos on SmackDown into the Backlash pay-per-view. I thought the grandma spot was a little much. You could come out <laughs> come out as a janitor, yeah, bop the, the ring down for the first four or five minutes, but then at a certain point, we need to get back to why we're here. It's about the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. And don't get me wrong, like I said last week, I, I love the fact that Brizango even gets this chance, and this is their chance to do it. So if you want to try to impress Vince, Triple H, and Creative, here's the chance. I just thought it went one step too far. Ladies and gentlemen, a sentence you can only hear on Band from Ringside. I think the grandma spot went a little too far. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really enjoyed it because of just another kind of little incidental thing that you wouldn't really notice unless you rewatched or were paying very close attention how whenever he changed characters whenever he changed disguises he yelled out to Fandango and he said trust me it's me tag me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, wait a minute we don't know this is actually Tyler Breeze in uh, I, didn't, I didn't see that that's really good that's it's great, great. 
Yeah, just uh, that comedy really brought something fresh. Yeah, I thought, I, I mean, I think there's a place for that on a card, like early in the card, but I also think, and we saw Hurricane Rana from Fandango in that yeah. match, with I, I didn't know that he was capable of. We never do because he doesn't get this chance, you know, for like 10 or 15 God, damn, minutes. Fandango can fucking work, he though, can. man. Yeah. I love him. Tyler Breeze was great in NXT, and, and when he got to the main roster... They just, you know, became casualties of the the Vince McMahon machine. God bless him. But uh, looks like we lost Tender. Uh, we will get him back maybe later on tonight, maybe on next week's uh, podcast. He might be in studio next week, which would be fun. Um, Styles Owens, any thoughts on Styles Owens? I thought it was a good match. Uh, it ended exactly. Oh, I hear Tender calling back in, but I ended it just like I thought it would. No, no surprises. Tender, you back? I'm back. Sorry, I'm in the middle of nowhere, so that's all right. I'll try that again. I'll, we I'll try we know you're back. in West Virginia. You're hiding out in some gal's bathroom, right? Mount Mava. <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about? Uh, do you have any thoughts on the Styles Owens match from Backlash? I thought it was great. I, it was exactly what I said it was going to be. It was a build to another match at SummerSlam. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people shitting on that match. Uh, Jason Bell, thoughts? I think the why they're shitting on the match is the way they booked it at the end. Granted, it protects both guys. And there's probably two more matches coming. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I still don't think AJ's going to win the U.S. title, but I guess, you know, this is SmackDown, but it could happen. Go ahead, Tinder. I was saying, I saw no problem with it at all. I thought it was a good finish. You got Both guys look strong. No one lost anything. It builds for the next match. Um, yeah, I, I saw no problem with it at all either, and I think that the people, the Smarks bitching about it, saying that it was boring or it wasn't the match that they were looking forward to, need to remember that if two years ago you had told them that you were going to get AJ Styles versus Kevin Steen on a WWE pay-per-view and they were going to be given 25 minutes and it was going to be the first of probably a best of three series. For sure. They've been shitting themselves. You it's, take that and walk away. It's unbelievable what people can get used to. Well, I mean, the, the bad part about it is now we're used to it, and you know the the bar was set ridiculously high. But how many guys are on the WWE roster? As a little tangent here, how many guys are on the WWE roster right now that were in the Indies less than five years ago that are capable of having a five star match? You could probably name uh, ten guys. Fifty percent, probably. You want to go percentage wise? I say at least half the rest of them. Are you including Titus O'Neil? Because that'll make it fifty-two percent. Titus Brown. Hala hala. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, seriously, no, like I agree. all these guys, like they are so stacked. And when people bitch about AJ versus Owens, who didn't have a bad match at all, no, and not all. you can say that Owens wrestles slow or whatever, but Owens makes up for it with all of his intangibles in the ring. He's—I've said it before. I don't have to say it again. Um, one other thing. He's, like a, he's, the, he's the complete package. Owens is the complete package. He's, he's the five tool wrestler. Unlike the total package. Who Unlike like the total like package. The, or Dennis, Dennis Robin will call him. Lex <laughs> Musa. Got it. <laughs> All right, uh, fellas, we should probably touch on Raw. Yeah, we can talk about it. Um, can, I to, can I say something real quick? Sure. I know you guys want to bring us up. Can we talk about for just one minute how great the Goldust promo was? Oh boy, that was great, man! When you give Goldust something other than stupid comedy, Goldust brings it 
pretty fucking hard. It seemed like a 90s Gold Dust promo, mm-hmm. like raw mm-hmm. and just, you know, it seemed like they were just letting him cut loose. It's about time. I, I, was, I was 22 years ago he debuted in WWE with the Gold Dust character. Pretty amazing. Well, I mean, it wasn't that it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago where Goldust and uh, Cody Rhodes were running Raw. They were they were give, they were giving Cody Rhodes and Goldust twenty minutes per Raw to have six man tag matches with the Usos and right. the Shield and shit like that. Yeah. Like that wasn't that long ago that Cody and Goldust were out there doing the damn thing. You think Vince is kicking himself now that Cody's actually becoming a no a world superstar now? No, no. I don't think I don't think Here, I don't think Vince thing, even though. watches NXT. I'm not even sure he watched Backlash. <laughs> I, would, I would like to think that he watched uh, the 50th watch edition of the World Heavyweight Championship. He might have been Mar-a-Lago. I don't know. No, he you know he watched that. You know he watched. I that. mean, I, I, go ahead, go ahead, Bill. So uh, we were talking about. I was going to bring up some Raw stuff. Uh, there's two things of note that I thought of on Raw. The first one being uh, the Finn Balor mm. Paul Heyman promo. Mm-hmm. Uh, JCB, do you have thoughts on that? It it's it reinforces what I've I've already been thinking for the last two weeks. It's, this is going to be Finn Balor winning this Fatal Five Way. Now, how it unfolds, how we get from point A to point B, I'm not sure. But you don't waste a Paul Heyman appearance and not capitalize on it. People might call it a swerve, and I can see why you say that, especially with uh, Mahal winning on Sunday night. But you just don't waste. A Paul Heyman appearance, and he put over Finn Bauer all in the same breath. You ain't Finn, yeah, Finn Bauer's gonna win this uh, fatal five way. Clearly, he's not gonna beat Brock Lesnar. That's a, another story for another podcast. But two beers, Zach. Thoughts on that? Uh, basically, exactly the same as JCB. Uh, I thought it was the highlight of Raw outside of the Goldust promo. Um, outside of those two things, I really didn't give a shit about the entire three hours that I sat through. I thought the tag team match um, sucked in comparison to what they were going to give us in a singles match at the very beginning that set up the tag team match. Yeah. I would rather just watch that singles match and uh, instead uh, I understand Roman why Raw Bray. had such a... Yeah, Roman versus yeah. Bray. I understand why they had such low viewership and people turning that off. Tinder Mahal, do you have thoughts on that Finn, uh, Finn Balor uh, I, 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 Paul Heyman I, promo? Yeah, I have thoughts. So what J Bell and uh, Mr. Mr. Coleman said, I would like to quote uh, one Stone Cold Steve Austin and say, <coughs> he's not going to win that match. I don't think, he's, no gonna, I don't think he's going to win that match either. Too obvious. It's too he, obvious. I'm with you, Tender. Too obvious. It's too obvious. He's going to have to fight for a while. Don't get me wrong. Finn Balor is the number two guy on the Raw roster right now, but... Seth Rollins is one of that match. But he's not the guy. Do you think he's number two he's the number two face or just the number two guy, period? Uh, I think he's the number number two, I mean, number two face at least. I think that Finn I mean, Go ahead. Range is your guy. Range is the guy they want. Yeah, yeah for sure. Bobby. Finn, who who has a better entrance than Finn Balor right now? Oh wait. Bobby Roode? Are we wait, are we talking about the demon entrance? No, no, we're talking about just him coming out. All right, that's fine. If if we're talking about the demon entrance, I'm anti the demon entrance. I hate it. We're not talking about the demon entrance. We're just talking about him coming out, throwing his arms up, getting on the turnbuckle, the crowd eating it it up. It's 
Maybe the best entrance in wrestling. All right, we don't have any music set up, but it basically goes like this. Doom, 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 Okay. Anyway, we're just gonna discount Bobby Root. We're just gonna discount Bobby Root. Bobby Root's not on Raw. Okay, then give me Nakamura. Is just as good. Oh, the entrance. Yeah, he said. Oh, I put. I'll take Sheamus Cesaro. Okay, that's good. Don't get me wrong, Bobby Root. You've got twelve thousand people on their feet. Talking about glorious. Yeah, I'm pretty sure even wow. the dudes with their dicks out at the urinals are singing glorious. I would be. I can't wait to no, see. I mean, I do that anyway. No. But <laughs> glorious. All right. The other thing that we had on Raw was the uh, debut of Elias Sampson in the ring. Any thoughts on that, Tinder? Holy crap! Talk, I, I think is he the is he the is he the illegitimate son of Duke the Dexter Grossi? Because. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Oh, I saw. Oh, a big guy. You know what? We've never made it clear to our audience that Tinder is actually 56 years old. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to know I'm not the old guy on the show. <laughs> You're close. Yeah, very. No, like, so he worked in match against the top guy in Dean Ambrose. And basically, same thing. It, it was the same thing with Ziggler, only nowhere near is over. Ambrose man looked like he could beat him at any moment. And they were, the whole time on commentary, they're putting this guy over, putting this guy over. And he is huge. I mean, the guy looks great. Yeah, he's huge. He looks great. I agree. But he can't work, and he has no character. I I don't really know what his point is. Like, what, what, he walks around with a guitar, and he's It's been a while since we had a guitar gimmick, though. It's been a while. We haven't had a guitar gimmick since Jeff Jarrett. Exactly. The main disappointment Rock was not Billy. his ring work or his character because he, he was getting some pretty great heat. For me, my just biggest disappointment was that Ambrose didn't involve the guitar. I thought that Ambrose could have just cracked him with the guitar. And That's coming. Jason yeah. Bell, real quick, Elias Samson. Hold on, we're running out of time, Tender. It, it's it's enhancement talent at the at the end of the day. I, I wouldn't worry about it. I mean, it's a it's a good, it's nice for him to get on the main roster, but obviously, you know. A month from now, two months from now, we're not going to be talking about Elias. All right, as, as long as it's okay with Sam the Engineer, and I know how those Let's Get Comfortable guys treat you, where they let you take off your pants and they give you drinks and stuff like that. Five more minutes. Uh, real quick, this week in wrestling history, and sorry, Facebook, if we're not getting to your questions. Uh, time ran short on us tonight. This week in wrestling history, we had the curtain call 21 years ago. Uh, Tender, you have thoughts on the curtain call? Real quick. Uh, yeah, I don't really have any thoughts on it. I mean, it was, it was what it was. That's some great podcasting it, right there. <laughs> I don't think it's I mean, Six years ago, Macho Man passed away. Uh, I only share a two birthday with two famous people. It's Macho Man, Randy Savage, ODB, and now it's just me left. Yeah. R.I.P., fellas. Uh, Owen passed away 18 years ago. That means that 18 that means 18 years ago and one day ago, uh, a young two beer Zach Pullman was at the Raw after Owen died. Thoughts on that, Zach? Yeah, my parents were cool enough to not only buy me that pay per view, uh, which was 
outside of our middle class budget at the time. Let's be honest, lower middle class budget. And then uh, buy me tickets to the Raw for my first Monday Night Raw. And that was Raw is Owen. And I will never forgive Owen for dying because it was a huge bummer. Definitely his fault. Uh, Also, 17 years ago, one day after, one year to the day after Owen passed away, we had the debut of American Badass Taker, which, uh, hey guys, I'll take this one. Uh, I prefer American Badass Taker to the Dead Man Undertaker. Never. This is going to be a long-running argument. I'm going to fight Bill Veggie in the street. On this podcast, I prefer American Badass Taker. Uh, Also, I'd like to wish a very hearty happy birthday to one Roman Reigns. He's 32 today. Uh, How old are you, Zach? 32. And uh, do you feel like you've accomplished more or less than Roman Reigns in your life? Well, considering I had McDonald's for lunch and I had diarrhea three minutes (laughs) after that, I think... uh, Roman Reigns probably had a better day than me. That's some good pod, guys. Okay, uh, we'd like to thank uh, Free Play. Uh, see you later, Tinder. See what we'd you like did. To, you had Tinder out of here. We'd like to thank Free Play Media, uh, Chris Denman, Sam the Engineer, uh, for Tinder Mahal, Jason Cornelius Bell, Two Beer Zach, I am Bill Vega. This has been Banned from Ringside. And don't forget, everybody, don't be hills. <laughs> <laughs>